before Andy comes and uh, brings God's word to us, uh, let's read the passage that we're looking at this evening. Uh, we're going to be looking at Luke 12, the, the third in a mini series that Andy has been going through. Uh, so let me start by reading verses 13 to 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The grounds of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barns, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon, in all his splendour, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purse, purses for yourself that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me just pray as Andy comes and speaks to us. Father God, we pray for attentive ears, for minds that are alert, for hearts that are supple, 
and a will that is compliant and in sync with yours. Please uh, anoint Andy's words and that we would be blessed through the words that he speaks, uh, through the explaining of your word. Uh, and please give us the courage and the fortitude to put into action what we have learnt. We thank you for this time and we anticipate uh, what you will teach us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Emily. Brilliant. Well, it's been there. It's, it's great, isn't it, to uh, have this moment in the year where rhythm changes. And this year is kind of changed in some ways that we perhaps would preferred it not to have done. But as the calendar flips to the new year and uh, we're thinking about how it is that we can be, uh, well, how this new year should live. Uh, a lot of us, as Chris said at the beginning, are, are kind of making new aims and considering how we should uh, how we should play this this new moment that's coming. And we've been looking at three stories, uh, Jesus stories, stories that Jesus told and seeing how well, as you'd imagine, they really challenge us as we try to line up um, how we should be proceeding into the new year that's ahead. And tonight, here we are reading another of Jesus's famous stories. So he, this isn't a person who really was there. Jesus has made this story up. They're called parables. And he's telling this story because he wants those of us listening, whether 2000 years ago, sitting in front of him or tonight at Zoom, as we explore this chapter 12 of Luke. Well, he wants to challenge the way we think. And uh, tonight, it's particularly about what our ambition is, you know, what our aim is, and what it is that we're really um, shooting for as this new year comes. And, well, ambition is a really important thing um, because, well, what it is that we're aiming for can break us, destroy us, um, or it can make us. <laughs> and this passage tonight is really offering two alternatives. And as Jesus at the heart of this passage tells a story, but he wraps it also with just trying to provoke us into thinking and provoke us into changing the tune, the rhythm of our hearts as we consider our ambition, our dream, where we're going. So Chris has prayed for us and, and we keep on praying as we read over these next 20 minutes. At this passage, we could break it into three parts um, and we could break it twice into those three parts. So we've got the first part, reflection, and um, verses 13 to 17. There's this situation of this guy going, hey, Jesus, um, get, the, get my brother to share the inheritance with me. And, uh, and Jesus asks questions about a judge and and then he goes on to talk and say a story and the heart of it we find the reasoning of this man in the story but the story closes with a reckoning in verse 20 and then Jesus goes around if you would like to you could structure it like this the same three things again but he's now talking particularly to his disciples to those who are trusting him uh, again reflection um, on their clothes and, and their material things and then speaking to them about the reason behind their state of heart and then he talks again about a reckoning that's to come so we're going to just go through the passage tonight, looking at those um, well, those six headings as we just see them twice, each of them. So 
reflection. This is verses 13 to 17. And we dropped into this uh, conversation. There's a heckler, um, someone in the crowd. He shouts out and he says in verse 13, you can see it. Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. So perhaps he's a younger brother and uh, and he's expecting um well, he's, well, he's hoping that against the tradition of the culture, his older brother will split the family wealth uh, with him. Jesus says something very, it's kind of ironic, actually. And Luke records what he says a little like and um, what we heard last week when we heard about the man seeking to justify himself. And here there's a hint of something glorious. Jesus replies, Man, this is verse 14, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? On one level, you might say, oh, Jesus is saying he's not the judge, but actually he's just asking a question back. And later it would be said um, in Acts 17 that Jesus is the man appointed to judge. But then Jesus says the heart of what he's wanting to say to this man and to the crowd who are listening in verse 15. Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. You know, a lot of people, many of us listening tonight, but even more so those who perhaps aren't that are outside of the orbit of this message tonight would say half a minute Jesus um life is just what you have isn't it it is just the stuff you've got if you walk down um, a major high street anywhere just a few miles from here with big billboards or you're just sitting to watch some tv later tonight or you see adverts popping up after youtube videos lots of them are telling us that actually life is made up of what you own. That is what life is. But Jesus is challenging that. He's saying life is actually not just what you own. In fact, it's not consisting of the abundance of your possessions. And now he tells a story. And Jesus' stories are ones that, well, they draw us to kind of lean forward and uh, we want to tune in because they're captivating. They're short, just a few sentences so often. And yet they're pithy and they kind of worm their way into our hearts and then pop us into looking at something in a different kind of way. So this is the story. Verse 16. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. <laughs> you know, there was a news headline. I read it just now. BBC winner of Euro millions um, for the new year. Somebody's won tens of millions of pounds. They've gone from being just like you or me to suddenly uh, being a multi multi millionaire just because of some um, numbers they scrawled into a box. And uh, you might think and the whole of the country are looking on thinking, whoa, that's what a way to start this year, the rest of their life. And those listening to this story in verse 16 would be thinking the same kind of thing. This rich man has had an abundant harvest. He's going to become even richer now. And now we hear this man's reflections in verse 17. What shall I do? I've no place to store my crops. 
So here's Jesus and uh, he's telling this story and he's introduced us to this man who is was wealthy already. And now he's a he's many times more wealthy, so much stuff. He doesn't even know where to keep it all. And so the next part, we kind of get inside his head and listen to his reasoning in verses 18 and 19. And he says this simply, I know I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones and I will store my surplus grain. And then verse 19, I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat drink and be merry so he's well covered now for the rest of his life and his reasoning is let's just bed this in settle in tear down the barns build bigger ones make sure that we can keep this for as long as life goes on and let's just live it up now but what he doesn't reckon on is the reckoning of God, the judgment of God. And here in this last part of this short story in verse 20, God speaks, suddenly speaks into the story. You fall. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. Suddenly, this man's life that seemed to have been making so much sense to have such a prospect, such a future, it suddenly well, it becomes meaningless in the light of eternity. This is Jean-Paul Sartre, and uh, he says this. He is a person who doesn't believe in the eternal. And he admits this. Life has no meaning the moment you lose the eternal. And, well, Jesus's story is saying that this man's life, because he's not living in the light of eternity. But his life is meaningless. His life is empty. What's he got? When the reckoning comes, it's meaningless. But Jesus, he continues to speak to those around him because he wants to draw them in to a, a different kind of life. He wants to draw them into an expansive life. He wants to draw them into a life that is a life in all its fullness, the kind of life we're made to live, not the cheap kind of life that's just made up of possessions because you're more valuable than that, Jesus is going to say. And he wants to retune the hearts of those who are listening, both listening there live and um, the conversation that Luke records that we're reading tonight and to us who are tuning in on Zoom here at Oak Hall Church. And so Jesus, he speaks again and he speak, continues to speak now in verse 22 about what we have, our stuff. Many of those who are closest to Jesus, well, they would say they had nothing. And as they listen to somebody about somebody who seems to have won the lottery, their lives are very different. And so Jesus turns to speak to them in verse 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples. 
Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. Jesus, he could see what his disciples were thinking. He could see that many of them were thinking, well, we're kind of different from that fellow who's just kind of won the lottery. Um, we don't have anything, actually. And Jesus turns to them and he says, look, you're the ones who don't need to worry. And he then speaks to them about why they don't need to worry, the reason they don't need to worry. And this is verses 23 down to verse 30. Verse 23 down to verse 30. And the first thing he says in verse 23 is that life is more. You can see it in verse 23. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Life is more than just the stuff that we have. He speaks about the ravens and he talks in verse 24 about how they don't sow or reap and yet they have what they need. Jesus actually keeps referring back to the story he's just told. He's told a story about a man who's got barns and he keeps his stuff in barns and then he thinks he doesn't have big enough barns. So he tears, plans to tear them down to build bigger barns. And then he turns in verse 24 to talk about the ravens. They don't have any barns <laughs> and yet God feeds them. And he then says, look in verse 24, you can see that at the end there. How much more? valuable you are than birds so he said to them don't worry for two reasons so far one life is more than just the stuff that you have of course that's the inkling that many of us have had but jesus is underlining it for us life is more than just what we have and the second we are valuable we are valuable and then he goes on to describe more pictures from nature. He says, first, how can your worrying increase the length of your life? In verse 25, it can't. And so since you can't even do that, why worry about anything else? And then he asks his disciples to look at the uh, flowers. He says they don't labor or spin, verse 27, yet not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of these. I used to drive down a particular bit of motorway and uh, it was a kind of ragged old motorway. Um, it was actually when we used to live in Serbia and uh, it, was, it was a road where there were bits of the lanes weren't even made up but um, and you'd be rumbling along bits of broken tarmac and then back on tarmac again. There were loads of crashes on those roads. But in between these two lanes was this enormous grass verge. And on this grass verge, I used to really look forward to getting to this bit of the motorway because there was these red flowers that were just so bright and 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 gorgeous and then these purple flowers and for for miles you drive and this kind of royal regal color palette would be just sitting there in between these two bits of ragged motorway and i used to think of these verses as i drove 
of Solomon in all his splendor didn't have a glory like those flowers. Perhaps there's some bit of the downs that you love to walk on where you see flowers and you think there's nothing like this glory. Well, Jesus is saying that, well, he, that your heavenly father, he, you're more valuable than those flowers and he is going to care for and clothe you as you trust him. Verse 29, don't set your heart on what you eat or drink. Don't worry about it. You should count later on how many times Jesus says again and again, don't worry, don't worry. And then he gives one more reason why we shouldn't worry. Verse 30, for the pagan world runs after all such things. And your father knows you need them. Jesus says three reasons why we don't need to worry. Your life is more than the stuff you have. You are valuable. And your father, he knows and he cares. And then in the last part of this passage, Jesus again speaks of a reckoning. And this is verses 31 to 34. He says this. Seek his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. Verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you his kingdom. Verse 33, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes and no moth. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, there is a reckoning and the story, the imaginary story that Jesus told of the man with the barns was going to build bigger ones. Well, his ambition didn't make much sense in the light of eternity. And as this new year begins and as these disciples and others sit listening to Jesus on this occasion of this conversation, as Jesus tells this story, well, Jesus wants to open their eyes, open their hearts to switch their ambition that they wouldn't be living for the little, living for the small, living for the moment, living for the material. But rather they would be living for his kingdom, laying down their lives for his glory, seeking to live for his honour and not for their safety and comfort. Many of those who are listening well, they would go on to lay down their lives because they believe that Jesus is the one who is God here. He had come to bring forgiveness and life in all its fullness. And because of their belief in him, they were persecuted to their death. And they would have said to us, look, I'd rather lay down my life for Jesus, live a short life for his glory then live a, a longer one, just chasing after stuff and material things. 
because my treasure, they would have told us, my treasure is hidden with him. And tonight, you and me, we're having the same invitation. We're glimpsing in to these people's lives and these people's hearts. You know, I wake worried sometimes about different things. And this passage is challenging me. Jesus is saying, look, don't worry about these relatively small things. Instead, Andy, instead, all of us, instead, recognize that if we're trusting in Jesus, that our treasure is with him, that our lives are for something greater than material things. And that there's a, a treasure that lasts forever. Thieves can't break in there. Moths can't get in the nibble there. Recessions can't undermine those things there. Our treasure, if we're trusting in Jesus, is eternal. A life forever shared with him. And as this new year begins and this third of these Jesus stories passes us by over these 20 minutes, well, the invitation is really clear, isn't it? Are we going to be those who live for the small, material, just grabbing things now? Or are we going to be those who are prepared to lay down our lives, lay down our lives to, well, in practice, this passage is saying that we would give things away, give to the poor, support those who are serving in different ways, Find ways that we can use our resources to share with others about the good news of Jesus, rather than trying to build up a petty treasure trove here when we can be laying down our lives and looking forward to the glory of eternity. If you're tuning in for the first time tonight, you might be thinking, ah, yeah, I get it. You see these Christians, they they think it's about giving away things and uh, doing that kind of stuff will mean that they can spend their money now to be with God forever. And well, actually, the big message of Jesus is that none of us could ever give away enough or lay down enough of our lives to ever deserve a place with God forever. The fundamental bottom line of our relationship with God is that none of us are good enough to know him that Jesus, who had everything, he laid it all aside so that we could receive as a gift his goodness. We could receive as a gift the embrace of the Father. And if you're listening for the first time tonight, well, the invitation, the big invitation is to see how Jesus, well, he went on to die on a cross, die in our place, to take our wrongness, so that we could receive forgiveness and life in all its fullness as we trust that that is what he did on that cross for us, believing that he rose from the dead, that he's coming back one day. But then for those of us who've trusted in Jesus, well, he calls us to live lives that are, well, to a different rhythm than those of the rest of culture, because we now believe that life isn't made up of the stuff we have, Instead, our real life is the person of Jesus who gives us his life as we trust in him. And because he's our life, then we want to use our resources differently 
and lay down our lives for the sake of his honour, for the sake of his glory. Well, we pray on for each other as this new year um, begins. We pray that he would change our ambitions to be in line with what he wants for us, a life that makes sense, a life that is a life that isn't marked with worry and fear. We are his little flock <laughs> and the heavenly father is pleased to give us the kingdom as we trust in Jesus. And that changes everything about our motives, about our ambitions. Well, in a moment, Chris is going to close, but perhaps I could just pray for us and before he does. Father, thank you that we can read this short story, this short Jesus story together tonight. And it challenges our ambitions. It challenges what our lives are focused on. It challenges what we're aiming for. And we pray that just as Chris prayed earlier, that your Holy Spirit would be working in our hearts, would be retuning our hearts, that our hearts and our eyes would be fixed on you, Jesus, that we would be longing to live for your glory rather than for our comfort, that you would show us how to apply these principles in our own lives. Tonight, some of us are worried. Some of you want to comfort us with that reassurance that life is more than stuff that you are our loving heavenly father and we are valuable to you some of us listening in we're thinking about these things of the question of eternity for the first time and we pray that for us too you would show us the truth of these things and draw us to that place of recognizing that actually Jesus is the judge of all the earth and actually our lives only make sense in the light of eternity and therefore we need to bow before you Jesus as the king of everything asking for your forgiveness and for your filling and for your enabling to live a life that is for your glory and not for our own. We pray you'd help us as we keep thinking over these things together and we commit each other into your loving hands this evening. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.